This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Big day in Massachusetts. Big day. Big day for the world, for the whole planet. A uh, 79-year-old dementia patient is on his way to Somerset, Massachusetts, where he will lay out a plan to uh, save the planet. So a guy who can't uh, read a teleprompter, who can't ride a bike, who can't stop his drug-addled son from taking pictures of himself naked with teenage hookers. That guy is going to tell us how he's going to cool the planet, the temperature of the entire planet, which is laughable, which is absurd, but millions and millions and millions of Americans will believe it, will buy it. He, he's going to come up here on a hot day, one of the rare hot days in Massachusetts, and tell us he has a plan on the way uh, on how to save the world. And he will not, for some reason, be laughed off the stage. We'll preview. We got some details. We got the itinerary. You're not going to believe the, the, the travel plans of the first family, of the uh, president and the first lady, as they head up to Massachusetts to make an absolutely ridiculous speech. Uh, speaking of ridiculous, AOC, the, the whole squad and a few others got pretend arrested yesterday. They got pretend handcuffed. They got placed in invisible handcuffs and taken away in an invisible cruiser. And then they boasted and bragged about uh, their arrest. And uh, I'll just say, this is what happens when you're part of the establishment, when you are one of the powerful, you get pretend arrested and you know, there'll be no real consequences. There'll be no jail sentence. There'll be no, uh, actually be, there'll be no, no bail. There'll be no nothing. There'll be no nothing. We have, uh, the receipts from AOC and Ayanna Presley, uh, as they get pretend arrested, uh, outside the Supreme court yesterday, I'd call that an insurrection, you know, but that's me. That's me. We got Casey Sherman, our friend, Casey Sherman, who has an awesome new book out about a serial killer on the Cape on Cape Cod, a guy who inspired Charles Manson. What Casey has the best ideas. And he executes them pretty well, too. But we'll talk to Casey. We got details on the uh, shoot, more details on the shooting in the Indiana Mall by American hero Eli Dickin. And uh, the U.S. Army can't seem to recruit these days. Jeez, I can't understand why. I can't understand why. We have video of a fan at the All-Star Game, and I would just call him the biggest dick in the world. All right? This is, the, the, you're going to see, you're going to see an example of a grown man who's just the biggest a-hole on planet Earth. We'll, we'll play you that. We'll show you that and a lot more on today's Callahan Show presented by MyPillow. We love MyPillow. Just go to MyPillow.com and use code word Jerry for huge discounts. For example, the standard MyPillow, which is normally $69.98, is only $19.98 with code word Jerry. MyPillow is made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's machine washable and dryable. It's the most comfortable pillow you'll ever sleep on. Get it now and you can support this show. Because like us, Mike Lindell is constantly under attack from the cancel culture mob. By purchasing from MyPillow, not only are you helping out us, but you're joining in the fight against the cancel culture crowd. 
MyPillow isn't in big box stores for obvious reasons, so you can get factory direct pricing if you order from MyPillow.com using code word Jerry. You get the Giza sheets, buy one, get one free, half-off slippers, six-piece towel sets, regular $109.99, just $39.99 with code word Jerry. That's MyPillow.com, promo code Jerry. First, I want to give uh, Joe Biden some credit here before we uh, prepare preview the big speech today. See, because Joe Biden's really old. He's been in Washington for 50 years. Hell, I want to give credit to all the people, all of our ruling class, most of our ruling class right now. Nancy Pelosi, uh, Mitch McConnell, Steny Hoyer, Joe Biden, all these geriatric fossils who are <laughs> 80s or close to their 80s because they've been around for a long time which means they've solved all the problems that we had in the past. When I was a kid, uh, acid rain was a big deal. We were all going to get, we were all going to die because of acid rain. There was going to be a hole in the ozone layer. I don't know if you're old enough to remember that, but uh, the hole in the ozone layer, which was caused by the way, by aerosol spray, which is called by hairspray and, and, you know, right guard deodorant. If you used aerosol spray, you were destroying the earth. They solved that problem. I haven't heard anything about acid rain. I haven't heard anything about the ozone layer. Hell, go back to the 70s when Joe Biden was in D.C. along with the whole crew of them, you know, the Pelosi and all. uh, We were told the planet was cooling. The planet was cooling. We were headed for another ice age. You can look all this stuff up. I I pay pretty close attention to these dire warnings of, of, of existential threats. They must have done the right thing. I forget exactly what they did, but they solved global cooling. They solved acid rain. They solved the ozone layer. They solved cl- uh, global warming, by the way, because I never hear about global warming anymore. All I hear about is climate change, climate change. And it's funny. You hear so much more about climate change when the weather's hot. I mean, the weather gets hot every summer, but that's when the hysterics come out and start screaming that we must do something. They want that we must listen to a uh, teenage uh, high school dropout from Sweden. We must listen to people who are so dumb they couldn't run a lemonade stand. Tell us about climate and how we can change the climate. AOC, I mean, we'll get to her, but I think we can all agree she's pretty dumb. And she told us the world is going to end in 12 years, I believe. And Bernie Sanders upped the ante and said it will be eight years. This was two years ago. So according to Bernie Sanders, one of the real icons on the left, we have like six years left before we all burn up and die. And I'm, I'm, I'm in. I believe it. I believe it. I, you want to see my, my paper straw? I, I'm, I'm, no more plastic straws for me. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. So we have today the president of the United States, and granted, every day is an embarrassment. Every day is another is another example of just how how lost the man in the White House is. We play the, we play the cuts all we have a few of the cuts, we'll play them. They're funny. We laugh. Why are we not going to laugh as a nation? I know there's lots of dummies out there. I know there's lots of cultists. We showed the lady swimming with the face mask. Now we see people lay down in traffic. These, these, these uh, fanatical climate change lunatics because they want to save the planet, take drastic action. We must do something. We listened to Joe, uh, to, to John Kerry, 
We'll get to him too. One of the great flim flam artists of all time. How is it that anybody takes this seriously? It just boggles my mind. Joe Biden, again, a guy who can't ride a bike, who couldn't dress himself. Does anyone think he dresses himself, ties his own tie, brushes his own hair? Does anyone think that he could find his way from his bed to his breakfast table on his own? Does anyone think he could pour his own bowl of bran flakes on his own? Of course not. I mean, the guy is just a complete helpless you know, um, uh, mental patient who, who needs the visiting angels to get him through the day. That guy is going to get on Air Force One, by the way, and fly up. We have his whole itinerary here. Fly up to uh, Somerset, Massachusetts. Uh, the uh, event doesn't take place till uh, uh, this afternoon. He's going to go to Shuttered Brayton Point Power Plant. And he's going to talk about how we can transition to renewable energy in the middle of this, you know, price uh, gas crisis, this where, where they where they shut down all our energy production, oil production, then begged our enemies to sell us oil. That guy is going to tell us that this is a an emergency, an existential crisis that we must take action. It is so freaking absurd on its face. He, you know, he might as well show up and say, you know, we, we, we have to do something that the unicorns are, we, we have to, are taking over the earth, you know, the, no planet of the, the apes are taking over the earth. We have to stop. He could, I mean, it, the idea that this is a real thing by a real president and real people are going to buy into it and say, I need to, I need to get an electric car. I need to, I need to stop using plastic bags. We need to do something now. We need to stop fossil fuels or we're all going to die. What is wrong with you people? What is wrong with, with the merit? I just looked it up. You know what percentage of the, the world, uh, the United States is what percentage of the U S of the world population? 4.2%. So let's just play pretend here. Let's that's big these days. Everyone's pretending. They're pretending we're going to save the world. We're pretending to get arrested. Let's pretend that uh, we could do, we do everything. Everyone does everything. He asked, we all get rid of our gas powered cars and vans and SUVs. I mean, it would crash the economy, but let's pretend. How about this? We all stopped flying, you know, not John Kerry, of course, or Bill Gates, but the rest of us stopped flying. Let's pretend we all bought into the program. We have 4% of the world population. What effect do you think that has? Honest to God, I'll, I'll say it again. Just, just, just work with me. Just pretend that there's indeed a climate crisis. All right, uh, let's pretend that the world, the temperature's going up, and then we're all going to burn up and die like Bernie Sanders and AOC and Ed Markey and John Kerry says. Let's pretend it's man-made. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm with you to this point. We're all in this together. We, it's man-made. We must do something. What do you think? the measures that uh, the proposals that the president makes today, what effect do you think they will have on the earth? China's not in China builds a new coal pile, <laughs> big, big goose eggs, nothing. And yet we will cripple the economy. We will make life uh, the quality. We will absolutely uh, destroy the quality of life in this country. Fossil fuels has been one of two things that has lifted most of the world out of poverty and made our life the the, the, the uh, the, given us the quality of life we have now. Fossil fuels and capitalism. 
Those are two things that Joe Biden and AOC and Ed Markey and Liz Warren and John Kerry hate fossil fuels and capitalism. I mean, they're good with, with their, I mean, they're, they're f- fabulously wealthy and, and uh, they, they have jets and SUVs and boats and everything else, but they want to destroy those things for us, for you. And I understand these are not good people. These are, these are slimy lying diabolical people. Why do people listen to them? Why do average people listen and say, I got to get, I got to get a a, a Prius. I got to, I got to stop using so much energy. Uh, There was a great exchange, Thomas Massey with, uh, with Pete Buttigieg, who's an utter embarrassment. I can't believe people think Buttigieg is going to be like the VP for Harris when Biden steps down after the midterms. I mean, he's, he literally says things like you should get, go and get an electric car. And I'm going, what, 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 what? an electric car? That's, that's sixty seventy thousand dollars $70,000. And it uses coal. I mean, is anyone really convinced that we all get electric cars that anything would change anything? Is this, uh, this, yeah, we got, we got this idiot, mayor Pete, this child, uh, saying the quiet part out loud uh, yesterday, I believe, in a hearing. It's a, a, a quick cut, but it says a lot. Let's listen. Of course, the more pain we are all experiencing from the high price, price of gas, the more benefit there is for those who can access electric vehicles. The more pain, the pain is the point. I've been saying it for years, I mean, a year and a half. The pain is the point. They want you to suffer. They want... They want to 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 cripple the the oil industry. Not you know they don't care that it that it hurts middle class people, working class people. They don't care that it destroys the economy. It doesn't affect them. Do you think it affects Mayor Pete and his husband Chessie or whatever Chesna, whatever his freaking name is? Of course not. So here's what's here's what's going to happen today. Well, now we're lucky in this regard. Is the person making these insane proposals in Somerset today? is not all there as we have chronicled daily as everybody knows this is not a competent president i i shudder to think if it was someone smart who was trying to pull this scam on us maybe maybe it'd have a real effect but i think most americans i hope most americans will laugh at today's plan you pick a really hot day you go to a shuttered power plant and you say this is an emergency existential. If we don't act, if we don't put the oil industry out of business, if we don't all get electric cars. And I just ask people, ask us one question when you hear them today. What if we do all that? What if we do all that? Does India suddenly buy in? Does India, does Africa, does, does the Middle East, does China, does Russia? Do they all say, you know what? That, that absolute buffoon who made the speech, he's probably going to wear his aviators, he's probably going to lose his way, he's probably going to shake hands with imaginary people. If we do everything, he says, what happens? What happens? You think the temperature goes down? You think the guy who can't ride a bike, who can't freaking tie his own shoes, is going to make proposals, come up with great ideas, and the temperature of the planet goes down? First of all, I don't think it, it matters that the temperature... There's been, you know, climate change since the beginning of time. The world used to be covered with ice. As, as George Carlin uh, points out, I think I retweeted this last night. The great, I've done it, played it before. Two minutes on George Carlin on how 
insane. The idea of uh, saving the planet is the planet's been here for 45 billion years. The planet will be here long after we're gone. The planet is fine. As Colin says, people are fucked. <laughs> it's a great riff. Uh, if we have time, maybe we'll play that. But he's flying up today on Air Force One. Let me get up his uh, itinerary. This is my favorite part. This is my favorite part. This is uh, our friend uh, Tommy Quinlan from uh, Providence just sent me the uh, itinerary. I just tweeted out. I think he tweeted out the itinerary. His, uh, and uh, um, here, here it is. Best part, Jill Biden's coming with him. She's oh. always wanted to see Somerset Mass. Thank God. I was worried she wasn't coming. <laughs> well, how else do you think he's going to find his way from the limo to, or the, the beast to the stage? How else do you think he's going to find his way off? I'm sure they can find actually, someone else to poke him with sticks. Actually, actually, actually they, they do have someone else. Because here's the best part, as Tommy points out. Yeah, Biden flies in. Uh, he doesn't leave... Um, Joint Base Andrews till noon, 12.05. He arrives at Warwick Airport, 1.15. He departs uh, Warwick Airport, I guess, in a uh, in a car. Wow, that's amazing. I thought he'd take a helicopter. 2.45, delivers remarks on tackling the climate crisis and seizing the opportunity of clean energy future to create jobs and lower costs for families. Who believes that? Oh, this I can't. I do. Why do I let this drive me nuts? Uh, 3.30, he departs Brayton. 4.05 en route uh, to TF, Air, TF Green Airport in Warwick, Rhode Island. 4.05, departs for Joint Base Andrews. 5.30, Joint Base Andrews back to White House. He's going to cause colossal, tra- epic traffic in, in uh, Massachusetts and Rhode Island today. But as Tommy points out here, Best part, Jill Biden is taking her own jet. Jill Biden is taking her own jet. This brainless fraud PhD in in uh, whatever education. Uh, this 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 dummy who compares Hispanics to tacos. She's going to take her own jet because it's important that she's there to tell us how the world's going to end because people are using too many too many uh, fossil fuels. If nothing else. Shouldn't the hypocrisy give you pause? Shouldn't you look at this if you're an American and say, say, these people are just hypocrites. How can you take the word of a hypocrite, of a blatant, brazen hypocrite? Doesn't that make you think twice when you see the people telling you, telling you that you have to give up things, that you have to sacrifice? The people telling you are, are Pete Buttigieg, John Kerry, it was Al Gore, uh, AOC, Markey. These people, again, they're idiots. These aren't smart people like Thomas Massey, by the way. Not, not smart people like the founder of uh, Weather Channel, who's great on this, and points out how nuts this is. These are, these, are, these are not adults. They're not serious adults. When Manchin stopped the big boondoggle, and God bless him, I mean, he, he knows people in West Virginia don't want this nonsense, um, Nancy Pelosi said she was disappointed that Manchin uh, uh, denied them the chance to save the world. This is the House Speaker, most powerful woman in the world, is disappointed that Manchin stopped this opportunity to save the planet. Save the planet, because he wouldn't agree to spend billions more on green energy garbage. 
This is an adult saying we can't, we're not going to save the world now. Save the world. Again, 4% of the US, the world population, a small percentage of land, uh, 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 crazy proposals that the rest of the world is not even paying attention to. And she thinks if we just spend, you know, trillions more, we could have saved the world. I understand these people are scum. Why are we listening to them? Why are we laughing them off the stage? It's insane. Uh, and and uh, you get the numbers on uh, this this Kerry thing is priceless. This uh, do we have the numbers? Uh, John Kerry, uh, since Joe Biden took office and he was appointed this climate czar, this silly made up scam that he's running. John Kerry again, a guy who's been around since the seventies, uh, just this old decrepit scam artist was given this appointment. I don't know by Biden. So he jets around the world telling people we're not doing enough. That was his thing the other day. We have to accelerate our action to save the planet. Here it is. Since John got, since Joe Biden took office, John Kerry's jet travel, 48 trips lasting 60 plus hours, estimated 325 metric tons of carbon emitted. I'm going to guess there are whole towns in you know places in America, whole towns, whole communities that don't emit that much uh, carbon. You're gonna listen to this guy. You're gonna listen to this fraud with the friggin' facelifts and the fake everything. Tell you to sacrifice. What does he sacrifice? Any of his mansions? Any of his SUVs? Any of his boats? Any of his planes? Of course not. He was asked. You know when he went to Iceland to get an award. He said, someone asked him, God bless him, said, you know, why, why do you travel private jet? He says, it's the only way for someone like me to get around. How, how do we not, how do we not just slap him off the stage? I mean, honest to God, by the way, all lots of media outlets, including the Boston Herald, I think the Boston Globe even, trying to get the, uh, the numbers on this phony office, this climate change office that he runs. They can't get them. They were denying people. They're a congressman trying to find out how much money we're wasting on John Kerry's little uh, junkets. Can't find out. Can't. It's typical Biden administration keeping everything secret and away from the American public. But the speech is coming later today. We're looking forward to it because we know it will be gaffe filled and it'll be humorous. But again, I'll ask. I'll ask. Who's going to buy? Who's believing it? Who believes what these people are? Who's buying what they're selling? I mean, I know there are real dumb kids, college kids, you know, brains, minds full of mush who want to be indoctrinated, who want to be part of a cult. I understand that. But adults, grownups, people who work for a living, people who care about this country are going to listen to the, to the dementia patient in the White House, tell them that, that the planet is at stake. And if they don't do what he says... You know, we're all going to die. You got to be It's going to take executive action. Yeah. <laughs> Quick preview of, uh, of today's speech in Somerset. Uh, this is the guy who says, I am going to school the planet. I'm going to save the world. Just, just let's listen. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot, him, uh, foot, foot excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping. <laughs> 
that's a good one because Xi Jinping doesn't give a damn about anything that Biden's going to say today. China does not care if you buy an electric car. Does not care if you if you get rid of your uh, gas stove. He doesn't care about any of that. Why should you? You should sacrifice. I mean, Joe Biden's not going to sacrifice. He's still got mansions all over the place, and he'll live. He'll live high on the land, uh, fat of the land for the rest of his life. And Hunter Biden doesn't care. Kamala Harris, they don't care. They're not doing any sacrificing. The best, you remember Buttigieg when he said we should all ride bikes and then some enterprising reporter had to be uh, Fox News or maybe Daily Daily uh, Mail caught him driving the SUV to within a mile of his office, pulling the bike out of the SUV and riding the final mile and said, we all should ride bikes. That sums it up. <laughs> They're not doing any of the things they want you to do. God, this is, it drives me crazy if you haven't noticed, but uh, we'll be, we'll be, we'll be watching. It'll be, it'll be comical. It will be comical. And again, I understand this guy is a, it's a liar and a fraud and a flim flam artist. The thing that disappoints me is people I know and people I see, and they'll start saying, "We have to save them. Put the bumper sticker on." They'll, you know, I got to get. Look at me. I got a Tesla. I'm saving the planet. Why? Teslas use coal. Teslas use electricity. Stop listening to them. It's one big scam. Whether you believe climate change is real or man-made, the question is: Is what we're doing going to change it? Is it going to stop it? That's all that matters. And if it means destroying the economy, destroying your way of life, why would anyone buy that? Why would anyone believe in that? It's just, I, I, I'm, I'll be watching this afternoon. We'll be talking about it again tomorrow. By the way, the, one of our listeners uh, reached out and said, why aren't we doing a remote from uh, Somerset? I think, uh, yeah, honestly, uh, you, you, you should have put that together, Ironhead. You know, should have, I think I, I got an idea. Tell me if this would have worked. It's too late. Not, although it's not too late. He's not going to be speaking to, what did I say, 245? We could get down there. I've been to Somerset. Lovely, lovely community. That's where Jimmy Remy's from, right? Um, it was. I wanted you. I wanted you to put me, uh, nail me to a cross, and uh, like push me out as Biden shows up. You know, because you know we, we have to sacrifice. That'd be the ultimate sacrifice, wouldn't it? Yeah. There are people who say they're not going to have kids. People who say they're going to uh, get sterilized because they don't want to bring kids into this world, which is ending and dying and burning. People, love, I mean, that that is the biggest cult of all. Do we talk about cults all the time? The cult of Fauci. I, th- I think there's a big crossover there. People wearing their masks in the water or wearing their masks alone in a car. They're total uh, climate change cultists as well because they, their minds are just mush and they believe anything. If you can believe that Joe Biden could do anything to save the world, to save the plant, to cool the temperature, you'll buy anything. I mean, you, uh, I mean, there's, there's no limit to your gullibility. <sighs> Although I will say this. Here's my transition. If you actually believe... AOC got arrested yesterday. <laughs> then you are even dumber than the people in the climate cult. Man, this was comical. I have to say this about AOC. She's stupid. She's scary. She's crazy. She's socialist. It's it's amazing. It's an embarrassment to anybody and everyone with a BU degree that she graduated from there. She's vain. She's a narcissist. We saw it when, you know, the comedian Alex Stein just uh, heckled her a little bit. She wanted him arrested because she's special doesn't care about anyone else. It uh, doesn't care if they threaten the lives of, of uh, Supreme Court justices, but you can't make fun of her booty or she wants you arrested. 
She's just, it, it's, it's crazy that this person has so much power, but, uh, I do, I will say she, she's entertaining. You know, I don't think she's as hot as you think she is, but I think she's entertaining. Great. Dumper this that lady. was hilarious. They, they staged this, whatever phony protest outside the Supreme court, all the real radicals, the people who just want more abortions to believe in abortion up to the fourth trimester that want every mother to kill their child. That's their thing. That's their thing. Like, uh, uh, as we know, nobody is more committed to to having to more abortions than Ayanna Presley, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna, uh, Elon Omar. They all got arrested. I got the quotation fingers arrested. But the funniest part, and we could play the video if you're watching along, AOC pretending to be handcuffed. And uh, it, it's a good question you asked earlier. Why is she wearing a coat? Long pants, long coat. It's like 98 degrees. The world is ending and she's wearing a long coat. I think it was just to look like a badass, isn't it? I mean, if she's out there with a little sundress, it doesn't look quite as uh, uh, beleaguered as you are when you wear a coat. But this is so funny. She goes from pretending to be handcuffed to giving you the fist, you know, the defiant fist, and then back to pretending to be handcuffed. But uh, let's play it and uh, laugh along. What's it right back? <laughs> She's got her hands behind her in pretend handcuffs, and then someone yells, Hey, I'll say we love you, killing babies, more babies. And she gives him the fist like she's friggin' Malcolm X, and then puts the fans back behind her. Again, these people are the most pampered, privileged pukes in America. They know they're getting arrested by the Capitol Police or what? That a DC cop? They know there's no price to pay. They know there's not even a real fine. If you're a deplorable and you have a Trump hat and you get arrested outside a federal building, you you wonder: Am I ever going to see the light of day again? Will I be in solitary for a year? Why is what she did? And so why is what, you know, the QAnon shaman did any worse? All he did was walk around the Capitol and, you know, with his face painted. He's a, he's kind of a clown like she is. Why? He's still in jail. He's doing four years. You know, the guy who put his feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk, he's going to do hard time. Lots of the 69 year old grandmother with cancer is in jail right now. She's doing, was it three months? She's doing three months for parading. I'd call that parading. They're outside a federal building. You get arrested, you don't comply, you block traffic. If you're this pampered puke, AOC, Ayanna Presley, you know you are a part of the, the establishment. You're part of the state. You know there's no price to pay. It's kind of like being Colbert's producer, you know, being Colbert's, uh, uh, whatever, puppeteer guy. You know there's no price to pay because you're on the right team. AOC put out... Oh, this is priceless. If you haven't seen it, this is uh, the Babylon B. I retweeted it because they still aren't allowed on Twitter, but they have a great uh, uh, website. If you, have, if you don't see it, check it out. A Babylon B tweets out this picture. AOC sits in an invisible police car awaiting transport to an invisible jail. And there she is sitting in a, uh, in a pretend police car. She then, she tweeted out the arrest report. Everything she says is a lie. Everything she says is an act. You know, that's what she's, uh, but she, uh, 
uh, I don't know if you have this here, but that she tweeted out the uh, what she called the arrest report, and it's a ticket. It's a ticket. It's not an arrest report. She wasn't arrested. She got a ticket for fifty dollars, and then she tweets out, uh, "Oh, it's it's worth it" or something. Uh, you know, worth it? Worth what? You 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 got all kinds of airtime, FaceTime. You know, all the all the abortion crazies are, are you know they're they're applauding you. That that is the opposite of brave. That is opposite of courageous. That's the opposite of taking a chance. You're you're guaranteed to be in and out. Fifty bucks, probably from the campaign fund. They all pay fifty bucks. They pose for a picture where they're all putting a fist up, saying, "Oh yeah, stick it to the man." You get news for you, AOC and Ayana. You are the man. You are the establishment. That is quite clear because you don't do a day. You don't do a minute in jail. If you had a Trump hat or you were out there protesting in uh, against abortion, you might wonder how long am I going to be in this jail? But that was hilarious. She is entertaining. I, I know she'll be around for the next 50 years and I, I'm glad today she'll be screaming about how the world's going to end. Yeah. Who cares about abortion? The world's going to end in six years, right? What's it matter? What is, think about that. If you believe AOC that the world's going to end in whatever it is now, eight years, what else matters? You know, who cares about anything? Who cares about whatever? Anything else? Supreme Court, the southern border. Who cares about you know fentanyl? Just speed up the process. Let in all the fentanyl. Why wait eight years? Let's all end it now. But what a joke! What a what a, what a clown show! I think she took I, it down. I can't see it. She. I. I uh, it's somebody else uh, tweeted uh, pointing out just how ridiculous um, it is that she thinks this is an arrest. I'll find it. This video, uh, this is the shorter version and the longer one. Right after that, Ilhan Omar walks behind her doing the same shit, except she doesn't have anyone holding her. She's just walking by herself. Pretty funny. But she's also pretending yeah. She's also pretending to be uh, handcuffed, right? Right. I, I just sent you the arrest report, and she says, this is my charge. It's worth it. $50. $50. People who paraded in the Capitol, some didn't even go in the Capitol, lost their life savings, their businesses, they lost everything for a protest. I'm not talking about violent rioters. I'm talking about protesters. This fraud, this actress has to pay $50 and gets, you know, 50, whatever, $100 million worth of free publicity. There it is. I got my arrest paperwork. This is what it looks like, she says. And as uh, somebody points out, this isn't an arrest. This is a ticket. <laughs> So again, AOC is exaggerating the truth, which explains why she was never handcuffed. She's literally playing victim for political gain and street cred. That is so true. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's get to uh, our friend, uh, Kate. Uh, what do you want me to do? We'll do Shay. Yeah, he uh, he just responded to me and he's still not here. So uh, oh, that's all right. That's all right. We'll uh, we got a lot more to get to. Uh, got the latest on Eli Dickin. Man, what a stud. What a stud. I don't know if he's gotten any awards, any medals, or any you know big network TV appearances, but he should. And it's a mystery. The Army can't seem to recruit anybody. <laughs> the U.S. Army, this is an underplayed story. The U.S. military is being decimated by the Biden regime. Absolutely. De- part of the plan, again, the pain is the point. They want to redo, reimagine the U.S. military. The problem is... The people who typically join the military, you know, badass 18, 19, 20 year old guys from from Texas, they're saying, I ain't, I ain't serving these lunatics and they're not signing up. 
We'll get into that uh, and a few other things. But first, Shade Concrete, you know what they can do for you. you know, this summer, you got to do a summer home improvement project. I got one for you. New precast concrete steps, whether you're building a new home or you're remodeling an old one. Shea has great values on precast concrete steps with designs that will fit your home. There are many options available, including concrete, but you can also customize with beautiful stone or brick. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the envy of the neighborhood. They remove the old steps, bring in new steps within hours. You got a whole new look and your house is looks better and is worth more. This isn't just an, uh, this isn't an expense. This is an investment an upgrade in your home with one phone call. Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience in a few hours. You'll have a brand new front entrance and you will love it. You can learn more about Shea's precast concrete steps at shakeconcrete.com. Also at shakeconcrete.com. You got to look for a job, a good one. Shea is hiring. They're always hiring. The business is good. It is booming. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. All right, have you tried Callahan Coffee yet? Well, you should. It's really good stuff. Our first branded product, this is a premium dark roast blend roasted fresh to order in Waltham, Mass. The Callahan Coffee blend combines beans from three continents to create a unique natural coffee flavor rich with chocolate and sweet with caramel taste notes creating a full-body dark roast with low acidity. People keep telling us they love it. They keep ordering more. You got to try it. Callahan Coffee is a great way to directly support this show. So order now at CallahanCoffee.com. That's CallahanCoffee.com. You know what? I'm going to tie these two things together. How about this? How about this? Eli Dickin is not in the military. He did not go. He did not get trained. He would have been if it weren't for Joe Biden and uh, Mark Milley and Lloyd Austin, because he's a badass. Eli Dickin, we got some more details. There's some pictures, some photos of the ball, the food court where he did uh, this heroic deed. Uh, again, it's sad. Three people lost their lives. One couple, this 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 monster, this mass shooter, uh, he inflicted some damage, but it would have been could have been so much worse if not for this stud, this 22 year old stud. Eli Dickin, um, who not only neutralized, which is a great word, neutralized the shooter, who must have planned to kill 30, 40 people in his mind. He had to think he was going to kill, you know, so many more because it's a food court at the mall. You think of these are like a schoolroom. They're sitting ducks. No one's going to shoot back. The mall cops probably don't have guns, right? They, you know, the guys on the, yeah. on the, on the, segways from buzzing around the mall, the Kevin James guys, they don't have guns. He's thinking I'm going to be shooting for an hour, just like uh, Ramos in Uvalde. I'll be shooting people for an hour. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to kill a whole bunch. He had, uh, he had his way for 15 seconds. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't be laughing, but it is just such a great I mean, heroic story. Eli Dickin, Took 10 shots, pulled out his Glock. First of all, he, he had enough time to help his girlfriend and a few others said, get out of here, get out of the way. He stood up, took out his Glock, took 10 shots, hit the gunman eight times from 40 yards away. Now, you're the gun guy, Ironhead. How impressive is that? Under duress, let's be honest, That's is chaos. Screaming, gunshots, noise, everything going on. And this guy, and we don't even know what he does for a living, 
uh, I assume he'll have some job offers if he's if he doesn't have a decent job uh, because he, he, I'm guessing in that community at least he won't be celebrated nationally because the media hates you know vigilantes good guys with guns but we'll we'll, we'll get to Casey in one second but tell me your take on that Ironhead ten shots hits him eight times neutralizes him, ends the threat in 15 seconds. It's very impressive. We could have used him in Texas, I'd say. We probably would have worked well, no, Just think, one, one guy, 22-year-old guy, one guy with one handgun did what 376 cops refused to do in, in Uvalde. It's incredible what, what this one good guy with a gun did. Hopefully we'll see him. Hopefully he'll be famous for all the right reasons. He'll get medals of freedom and he'll be on whatever, be on with Tucker or something. I'd like to hear more from uh, Eli Dickin, the heroic good guy with a gun from Indiana. But first, let's get to our friend Casey Sherman. I've been looking forward to this because I always tell you this, Casey, you have the best ideas. <laughs> you always come up with the best ideas, the last days of uh, John Lennon, the hunt for Whitey. But this one, here's how you know it's a good idea. And I'm sure the execution is excellent too, but here's how you know it's a good idea. I read about this and I say, why didn't I know this? Why didn't I know this already? Why has this been, I don't want to say unknown, because obviously there were newspaper stories and magazine stories and Norman Mailer and Kurt Monaghan. We'll get to that. But why does, why has, why was the story of Tony Costa under the radar? Uh, because uh, it happened six months before Charlie Manson. Oh, that's a good uh, sucked all of the energy and the uh, uh, oxygen out of the room because he was killing famous people on the West Coast. Um, but but I'll tell you, Jerry, you know, when I decided to take on this project, I grew up on Cape Cod where these murders happened back in 1968 and 69. So as I'm growing up, I'm hearing about this story almost like local folklore. You know, the killer in this case, Tony Costa, they nicknamed him Tony Chop Chop. And any time that I'd be going out for Halloween trick-or-treating, all of my friends would be all nervous about Tony Chop Chop in the woods really? stealing little kids. Um, so I never really took it seriously until it's the height of the pandemic and I'm taking a, a drive to Provincetown with my brother just to get the hell out of the house. And we're driving down Commercial Street. The place is vacant. We're talking about ghosts real and imagined in Provincetown. And then we land on uh, Tony Costa. And uh, I went back to my writing lab here and did a little research and I was shocked at just how brutal these crimes were. And to your point, how forgotten they were afterwards. So he's a serial killer on the Cape. What year? What year exactly? 1968, 1969. 68, 69, before yep. Manson, just before Manson. Just before Manson. He kills women. He's a hippie. He's a druggie. He's a little bit of a, I don't know, a little bit of a folk hero kind of character yeah. down the Cape. Uh, how many women did he kill? And, and, and you don't have to go into all the detail, but just how brutal was it? Sure. At least five women that he killed, possibly more, because the kind of work that Costa did, you know, that's not a one and done. That's something that you grow into. And I've covered, you know, as you know, at least 30, maybe even 50 homicides in my career. I've never seen anything this brutal in my life. It's really on par with Jack the Ripper. And I do think that Tony Costa, and I'm not being hyperbolic here, is the most vicious serial killer in American history. So, Taking a deep dive into this case, seeing who he was, he was a very, you know, it was almost like a Norman uh, Bates 
uh, type of character. Uh, an amateur taxidermist with real kind of love-hate mother issues, and he projects that violence onto these women. So I go over 2,000 documents pertaining to the case, and then I land on the autopsy photos and the crime scene photos. And they still haunt me to this day. That's how bad they were. He was not only shooting and stabbing these young women that he was luring into an ancient cemetery in North Truro, but he was dismembering them and he was burying them in shallow graves. And he was having sex with them uh, after he killed them. <laughs> I didn't want to bring that up. I was wondering if a sex with the corpses. Here's, it seems when I'm reading about it, I'm saying it shouldn't have been that hard to solve. I mean, the character, obviously the guy's an oddball. He's a kind of a prominent character in the community. He's an amateur taxidermist, kind of like uh, Ramos and Uvalde. You like the yeah, exactly. dead animals. Doesn't that all add up to a prime suspect? Oh, it does. And, and, and he was the suspect right out of the gates. And, you know, this is before, obviously, modern technology. But, um, you know, the investigators, all, all really good investigators, they knew he did it. They just needed to find the evidence that he did it. So it did take some time to find not only the bodies that they unearthed, uh, but the murder weapons as well. One of the uh, detectives, uh, this guy, Bernie Flynn, um, his widow uh, told me that he came back home after digging up the graves of three women and she ran to hug him. And he, and he halted her at the doorstep and said, don't, don't hug me. I, I smell like death. Uh, uh. Well, and what what was, uh, can you explain to me, I know we talked about this before, Manson knew about this, read about this? Uh, what's what's the connection? Well, the correlation is um, he must have read about it because this happened six months prior to his killing spree in, in L.A., and it was on the front pages of every newspaper in, in the country. Now, there's some cross-pollination that happened possibly with Tony Costa in Manson at Haight-Ashbury in 1968 in San Francisco. Manson was living there. Costa was living there. They were all, you know, circling the same group of friends and all kind of evolving together. I don't think they worked together. I don't, I don't know if Manson was inspired by, um, by Costa, but there are a lot of similarities there because as Manson had his group of, of his family's followers, Costa did as well. He had a group of young men and women willing to commit crimes under his name. Really? And uh, here's I, I, my favorite part of Hunting Whitey, the book behind you, uh, the cover is right behind you there, yep. is I like I like justice in the end, vigilante mm-hmm. justice. And I like the part in your book where they beat uh, Whitey to get uh, to death in his cell. A couple of local mobsters, gangsters beat him with what was it, a sock with locks in it or yeah, something? Yeah, lock and a sock was the uh, lock and a sock. And they used. beat him to death and they just bludgeoned him. And then that was the last thing Whitey Bulger saw was a lock and a sock bashing his friggin' face in. I like right. that part. It's my favorite part. But what was what was Tony Costa's fate? Well, Tony Costa's fate is that he committed suicide in his jail cell in 1974. He uh, thought he was actually going to be released from prison at some point. This is the kind of narcissistic behavior that he had. He was actually writing uh, his own book behind bars. And I got access to his unpublished manuscript. So for the first time in this case, I have the ability to take the reader directly into the crime scene with the serial killer himself. And it's a, it was a really, uh, you know, trippy experience. And Helltown, I, I never heard the term, but you say that was the nickname given to Provincetown uh, from because of this and it stuck? 
I don't yeah, know. well, actually, it was a, it was a nickname given to Provincetown back in the 1700s because oh. it was a, uh, a a pirate enclave, and there was one you know notable figure that called it Helltown because of all the helling that was going on there: bordellos, pirates, renegades, rogues, and I think a lot of that still permeates the air in Provincetown yes. today. <laughs> I was gonna say, I, I was there once or twice at night. I would say it still applies. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I still, I still see pirates occasionally roaming the streets at uh, well, late at night. You know, it's interesting that, um, you know, I, I mentioned the people that were protecting Costa back in the 1960s. He had family members and friends that were harassing, intimidating police and witnesses. We're actually experiencing that again with the release of this book. I had a book signing scheduled for a, at a little bookshop called East End Books on Commercial Street in early August. And it was uh, canceled very abruptly because Costa's friends and family carried their uh, online pitchforks and their torches and went after the bookseller and intimidated him to cancel this this event. So 53 years after these murders, he has uh, people still willing to protect his dark legacy. Why? They think he's innocent? No, uh, they don't. They can't think he's innocent. Uh, he himself finally copped uh, to his heinous crimes and blamed it on his alter ego, somebody that he called Corey Devereaux. There was a, a bit of psychology there had to be with a guy like this who was doing and performing these vicious acts. How do you do that? Um, and he blamed it on, you know, somebody that was living inside him. Now, his family and friends, you know, they all attended the trial. They saw as many examples exhibits as I've seen, how could they even remotely continue to back this person uh, even decades later? But they do. It's weird. All right. Explain the uh, Kurt Vonnegut, Norman Mailer connection. They had a rivalry. They both lived on the Cape. And yep, they, they both lived on the Cape. Norman was living uh, in Provincetown. Vonnegut was living on 6A in, in Barnstable. In 1969, this is Vonnegut before Vonnegut. He hadn't published Slaughterhouse-Five yet. So he is uh, grappling with post-traumatic stress from World War II. If you recall, he was a, a POW during the firebombing of Dresden. So he had to clean up the city after the firebombing. And he, you know, recollects and has memories of um, animals being freed from the zoo in Dresden. Lions half burned, uh, feasting on dead people, uh, you know, men, women and children in the streets. And he's cleaning that up. So he's obviously a pretty whacked out guy, but a very brilliant guy. And he he's confronting these issues with this book. But he stumbles upon this case because he reads about it, not on the front page of the Boston Globe, but in, on page 27, which is amazing to me that back then, you know, the people could care less about missing women and bodies being found, you know, in this idyllic place like Truro. Then you've got Norman Mailer, who was a household name at this time, a longstanding best-selling author who also tried to kill his wife in 1960 by stabbing her with a penknife during a cocktail party with George Plimpton in New York. You can't make this stuff up. Um, so he's, you know, three dark... Uh, uh, um, figures, so to speak, converging on this case. Excellent. That That's all in the book. I love that. It's I all in the book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, again, uh, you got the best ideas. I'm sure I, I haven't gotten my copy yet. It just came out this week, right? Came out this week. It's already a big bestseller. So here's there's the hell down. Great summer reading, especially if you're uh, vacationing on the Cape. You can that's go, right. 
do you, do you say where the bodies were? I know the bodies were buried in various places of the body parts. But yeah, I mean, if anybody can find the area, I, I've tracked down that area. You're going to dig, uh, you know, you're going to go track deep in the woods of North Truro to find these areas. But at the time that these bodies were being unearthed, people were picnicking at the crime scene. They were bringing their kids there. They were gathering up sand to sell on Route 6A um, <laughs> to profit from the crime. So it's a twisted case. I, I assume you're going to sell the movie rights probably in the negotiations already that's what you do. already have i think oh, you've already sold them so will mark Wahlberg play mailer and vonnegut and, and he's uh, gonna be nowhere near this project and, and the detective who solves the case yeah yeah exa- exactly so well, you like zelig you know from the old Woody uh, allen movies my, no he's uh we're, i'm working with robert downey jr and his production company to adapt uh the book for a limited series uh, we don't know what network partner we're choosing yet, but we're going to be uh, finalizing that in the next uh, few weeks. We've already got our lead actor. I can't mention who he is now, but I think you'll like him. And he's not Mark Wahlberg. It's not. Um, my friend Harlan Coben says when you sell the movie rights, you take your book and you throw it over the fence and they throw a bag of money your way and that's it. You don't. <laughs> no, that, that, that's an old Hemingway line, but I, I'm exa- I'm a producer on this project. So, Are you? You know, one, one of the you know things that I learned from the Patriots uh, Day experience is you have to have a seat at the table. You have to have more skin in the game than just writing your book and selling it. So I didn't want to make that mistake twice. Well, good for you. That sounds awesome. The book sounds awesome, and uh, I highly recommend it. I haven't started reading yet, but I promise you I will. Hold it up again. I want to see it again. All right, it here you like go. Great, Sorry. It looks like a Clayton's, great cover. Uh, product placement here. Hell Town. That is going to sell like hell. I really yeah, It already it. is. Uh, you know, I mean, all the bookstores are really excited about it, you know, and I feel bad for, again, for the bookshop owner in Provincetown that <laughs> has gotten beaten down on social media because people want to practice killer. Okay. Uh, we talk about this all the time. The mobs, you know, the mobs yeah. that can. Cancel culture. What? The cancel culture mob comes after you because they want to keep the story secret. They want to keep it under wraps. Their relative, their, their, their whatever, their friend. Murder. Yeah, apparently, you know, I, I, I've never ago. intimidated by that. As you know, I've come face to face with killers, real killers, right. in, my, in my you know journey as, as a writer, uh, foolish journey as a writer, many times. But uh, not worried about these folks at all. All right. Well, congratulations to you, Casey. It looks like you've done it again. Uh, good luck with everything. Appreciate, Appreciate you, it, Jerry. As always, man. And, uh, what's the next book? What's the next one? Uh, it's a book about Mickey Cohen in, uh, 1958 LA and, uh, you know, gangsterism meets Hollywood glamour. So, uh, LA confidential is one of my favorite all time movies. So I can't wait to dive into that world. I am. I'm with you too. I love the LA confidential, the movie, not didn't love the book. I found it. I I thought the movie was much better than that that book. I'm not a big Elroy guy. He's neither. He's all over the place. Uh, I think I argued that with Howie Carr once I did. He's, he's not, I don't like his style. I have trouble getting, I, it doesn't flow for me, but the movie is spectacular. And I, I'm, I'm going to guess the movie Helltown is going to, the series Helltown. Will be series, eight, eight episodes of uh, Darkness and Light in Provincetown, 1969. Excellent. Has a feel like, uh, what's the Woody Harrelson and uh, Matthew McGonaghy? The, 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 oh, true the, crime. Yeah. True crime. Has a true no, you're going to get a lot of that. You know, they, they don't pull punches. You know, Robert Downey Jr.'s production company also produced uh, Perry Mason. For HBO, if you haven't seen that, it's a trip. It's not the old Raymond Burr, Perry Mason. It's dark as hell. Oh, is it? Oh, good. All right, Casey. Thanks, bud. All right, buddy. All right, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right. That is Casey Sherman. The book's Helltown. It looks great. He hasn't sent me a copy yet, so I haven't read it. You know, I'm just 
waiting for my copy. Uh, but uh, I just finished uh, Dan Shaughnessy's book, by the way, and it's excellent on the Larry Bird Celtics. Uh, I but, saw you oh so subtly tell him too. You're like, I haven't received my copy yet. No, he told me when we had him on, but when they did the uh, play there at, uh, I think it was at the Wilbur, wasn't he at the Wilbur? Well, it was at one of the theaters. Yeah, it was the play. Uh, and, uh, and, um, said he was going to send it to me. I haven't got it yet, but it looks good. It looks great. It looks like good summer reading, reading about a serial killer on the Cape. And I love that stuff about Vonnegut and, uh, and uh, Norman Mailer. That sounds like he has another winner on his hands and he's going to keep Mark Wahlberg away from the movie or the TV show, the TV series. Uh, that was too bad. I thought, I thought, I didn't think Patriot, Patriot's Day was all that bad, but it was an ego project for, for Mark Wahlberg. We played like every part. It was just silly. They, 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 they didn't have to do that. It could have been good. The, 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 obviously, it was a major production. They had lots of scenes and people and they, they were featured in it that, that, that made it. I mean, it was, it was a good story. I don't know why he had to play every part and be the hero in every scene. It was kind of silly. But anyway, anyway, we... Uh, uh, we appreciate Casey joining us. We did uh, Eli Dickin, the man, Eli Dickin. A couple more quick things. Jose Alba, cleared. Cleared. We knew that was coming. The bodega, or as Jill Biden says, the bogota owner, uh, a worker, not owner, worker, who uh, stabbed that thug in the throat, killed him, had to go to Rikers for a night. He's been cleared. You knew that was coming. Uh, there was no way they were going to actually charge him with murder. Uh, maybe I'll save this Army story because... It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. People aren't joining the army. They don't want to fight for uh, for uh, Joe Biden or Rachel Levine. They just don't want to. <laughs> Big surprise. We, we maybe we'll do that tomorrow. We got to get to the biggest. I, I say this all the time. Like hecklers, by definition, hecklers are assholes. You know, but they're not as bad as adults. There's there's no worse people in the world. And again, I'm not including murderers and rapists and Jill Biden members or, or, or Liz Warren or Jill, Joe Biden. I'm including just regular people. There's no worse people in the world than adult male autograph hounds who shove children out of the way. This is, and I used to see this when I go to games all the time and I just want to grab the guy and say, you, you, are you an, are you an adult? Are you a man? Look what you're doing. This is for children. I love players, athletes. And I should be able to think of a couple off the top of my head who say I signed for kids. Roger Clemens used to be that way. He had his, he had his good qualities and they would make it a point not to sign for the adults. Larry Bird, same way. He would sign for kids, not adults. Good. That's what every athlete should do. They should say, Hey, bub, this is for children. You don't get to ride the little kitty rides at the playground either. You're an adult. Act like it. This was at the All-Star Game, All-Star Weekend out in L.A. And watch this dick just shoving kids out of the way, trying to get... Who's signing, by the way? I, see I have the, no uh, idea. The, the woman, there's a woman there that's... I don't know what she's doing. She's with one of the players. Uh, probably she looks pretty hot. But they're trying to get a player to sign. And he's just shoving kids, elbowing. Because elbowing his kid's face. With the pen and the, oh, that, uh, let me see who that is. I can't quite tell. But anyway, the, the All-Stars are there. It's a big autograph time. And then you got guys like this. And you know what? He's such a loser. I don't think he's going to go home and sell it on the on, on online. That's for his own collection. He's going to go home and brag. I got Jose, Jose Soto's autograph. Look at, oh, I got Mookie Betts. Did you get Mookie Betts? 
What a child. I think it's that someone against the law. It's someone named Justin, if I'm reading his lips right. Uh, this guy says it's Joey Votto. No. He's going, he's going Justin, Justin, please, Justin. Watch. Watch his mom. <laughs> no, After he hip checks that kid. Please, please. He's he's crushing some other kid. Look at the little kid right in front of him. And he's elbowing another kid a little older. Oh, God. What a loser. I hope that player said, get lost, bub. I, I, I like when players, you know, call these clowns out. But anyway, that should do it. What am I missing? What did I forget? Anything? We, we covered it. Except for, except for the army, be, the army story, but like except, you said, that tomorrow. Yeah, no, I'm going to save the army. It's too big. The army story yeah. is huge. Our military is being decimated by design. Just another way that the uh, Biden regime with certain people pulling the strings are f- trying to fundamentally transform this country. They're trying to uh, turn our military into a woke uh, outfit more concerned with diversity than killing the enemy and all the young guys who typically join the military, the guys, the badass guys with the, with the buzz cuts and the guns, those guys are saying, not for me. Sorry. I'm going to the mall with my girlfriend in case there's a mass shooting and I'm going to do my thing. Uh, it's too bad. It's sad, but uh, that's what 81 million people voted for. They also voted for the, the, the empty husk of a man who's on his way to Somerset mass to tell us how he's going to save the planet and we will be there. Actually, we won't be there. Yeah, why don't you hustle down there, Ironhead? Bring your uh, mic microphone and tell him you're with me and see if you can get a little Q&A with, maybe with Jill. True, you know? and I suffered the pressure. <laughs> there's going to, if there's not a dozen gaffes today, I'll be disappointed. A dozen. Um, she'll be there. By the way, lots of Portuguese in Somerset. I have a good friend from Somerset, not just, not Remy, but another who's Portuguese. Are they like tacos, Portuguese people? Are they, what, what, no, what's, what, what do Portuguese people eat? They, do they eat tacos? They're unique, like a World Cup game. They're unique, like what's the sausage, Portuguese sausage? Yeah, they're unique, like they, they, they're just, they're distinct, like Portuguese sausage. <laughs> you know what the best part is? She will never live that down. Jill no. Biden forever, till she's dead and gone will be the one who compared Hispanics to tacos. I love that. But uh, we'll be there, or we'll be watching, we'll be recording, and we will have whatever gaffes, whatever ridiculous proclamations he makes on how he's going to save the world, along with whatever gaffes he has as he jets up here with two jumbo jets, one for him, one for Jill, and then clogs up traffic on the on the South Coast and Rhode Island and uh, Warwick and everywhere else. So he can tell us how he's going to cool the planet. I can't wait. We'll have all that uh, tomorrow, I'm sure, and a lot more. But we will leave it there for today. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to you, Ironhead, and to Casey Sherman. The book's called Helltown. Check it out. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. In these tough economic times, rely on 1AAuto.com. Save money and empower yourself. In good times and bad, get great prices. Watch 1AAuto's massive library of free how-to videos. 
Fix it yourself easy and fast with 1AAuto.com.